Good evening. This is Noah Dan. <laughs> this is Jesse. <laughs> and this is episode 74 of Scott Chower. 74. 74. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone had a great weekend. So, this is once again Scott Chower. And uh, welcome back for another great episode here. We have lined up for you. Uh, in this episode, we have Craig Isle. Isla single malt scotch. Uh, we went to the stagecoach uh, for a restaurant this evening, and tonight's uh, smart challenge is going to be the two best sports. Two best sports. What we our favorite sports, maybe? Yeah. What we feel are the two best sports. Scotch of you. Craig Isle, single malt scotch whiskey. Uh, this is a whiskey that is not super well known. And there's a lot of reasons for that uh, because it doesn't really have a history. It's basically a bunch of farmers, if you will, quote unquote, scotch farmers who go from distillery to distillery and take batches of scotch. Now, here's the question. Is that the good batches or the leftover batches? Who knows? Uh, but these batches of scotch, then they um, age some of them, a, a don't age others. Some of them even blended. But with this particular one uh, from the islands, from Isla, they have... Uh, made it a single malt scotch that could be quite enjoyable so would you say it's like a co-op it's kind of like a co-op yeah i'm okay. guessing it's an investment firm that buys up a bunch of scotch and then does what they can and will with it if anyone is unfamiliar with the screaming goats from thor love and thunder you should get yourselves very familiar with them <laughs> 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 All right, with this Craig Isle, great looking canister, handsome, perfect for a poker night, honestly. About $40, uh, $38, I think it was, at total wine and liquor. Uh, part of me thinks they might have a piece of the invested interest in Craig Isle. With that, the bottle, much like the other we tried, we tried the Craig Isle 12. Uh, black bottle very distinguished looking pretty mature again handsome masculine uh, and some great colors on there but really the question is as we can't find a whole lot out about a distillery that doesn't exist uh, but really a scotch maker that's borrowing from other distilleries is how's it going to taste um so looking at the canister is that like a silver or yeah it is uh, okay. kind of like a titanium silver with texture. It's a damn good canister. Like, yeah. That's the one thing they got right so far. <laughs> well, because, like, because looking at it in the light there, it looks like there might be like a slight hint of blue in there, but I wasn't mm -hmm. quite sure if that's just the reflection of the light itself. Could be the shirt. Could be the shirt, yeah. <laughs> but no, Fire I got the same man. thing. That's right. All right, we're going to pop this bad boy open. If I'm not mistaken, that is your Iron Man shirt. Iron Man, baby. Robert Graham. Jesse's, uh, Jesse's Iron Man. Uh, he, he is Iron Man. No, 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 I mean, let's face it. Iron Man's a badass. He saved the universe, the, <laughs> the entire situation any of us face was procured by Iron Man in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> 
Nice little pop at the opening of the bottle. Yep. Go into the taste. Taste. Cheers. Cheers. Warm speed. Okay, so the first thing I've noticed here about the uh, Craig Isle uh, Isla single malt scotch is that it is a like a um, little bit more towards the medium gold or medium brass, um, maybe like so medium to light maybe. Because uh, like when you hold up into the light, um, you can probably, you know, it gets a little bit lighter, but if it's not like directly in the light, it has that more medium color. Also, when you look in there, you can see like a little bit of like stuff floating around in there. So there might be a little bit of a little something, something going on. A little something, something. Um, as far as the nose goes, uh, the nose, the, the bouquet. <laughs> nose <laughs> always goes, goes, nose goes. Nose goes, nose goes. Um, I'm getting like hints of brine and earthiness. When I, when, I, when I talk about earthiness, I'm talking about like um, maybe like wet oak with a little bit of a, like mustiness. Um, something that you might pick up like uh, with like a nice good like French wine or or even a good Italian wine where you, where you get that kind of like earthy tones to it. So I'm getting like hints of that, and then on my palate, um, I'm I'm picking up like hints of honey and clove with candied fruit, uh, orange, a little bit of vanilla, and some brine again. And then as far as the body goes. Um, as far not the body, but the, uh, the finish, um, it's kind of a, it's a light bodied finish. So it's that it doesn't like really hang out on your tongue or anything like that. Or like on your, on your palate doesn't really hang there, but it kind of wraps around the mouth mm-hmm. and it just gives you some like nice hints of that, uh, of that brine and wet oak and maybe hints of like slight hints of peat maybe. Um, and, and that part does kind of linger there for a little bit. But it doesn't like, you know, like sometimes when you drink scotch, you, you, you know, like a medium body, you feel it like, in, a, like a, in your mouth or you feel it in, or if it's a heavy body, you feel it. But like this one, it just doesn't really feel in your mouth, but it just kind of feels like it kind of wraps around it. It's like really light. Um, I do like it. I think this is something, I, as you mentioned uh, earlier, yeah, I think you could take this to a poker night. Um, I don't think you're going to knock people's socks off with it. I think, but it's a very easy and very quaffable scotch. And um, I can see this one being like a nice one during the summertime on a nice so- summer evening, chilling outside. As long as you got some like bug spray and not going to be eaten up by mosquitoes, I think this would be a great thing to have on a nice summer evening. Absolutely. Um, so I do give it a thumbs up. Um, and I, I guess the price point varies quite dramatically on this um, because I think you mentioned you got like around the $40 mark. Yeah. There's places selling it for 110. You know, for this scotch, for me, absolutely brilliant, medium gold color there. Uh, delightful in the light in particular. 40% ABV, and you do feel, I do feel a little bit of heat from it, um, but I think that's more of the flavor of the spice. Um, you mentioned clove. I do get a hint of clove. Uh, I get a little bit of cinnamon. For me, on the nose, it's very interesting because on the nose, I get a hint of 
honey and creamy vanilla and just a teeny little bit of smoke. And that's about all I get off of the nose. It's not a very fragrant scotch for me by any means. But then you get into the palate and that those uh, um, that honey, you still get on the palate. So it's something that follows very close to the nose for me, as well as right at the front, that creamy vanilla. But that creamy vanilla quickly subsides into a vanilla um, cream cinnamon flavor. And then that is where you really get that oak flavor for me because uh, within a matter of 10 seconds, it goes from this honey, creamy, vanilla, um, almost like with a hint of cereal on the back of the tongue, the barley, I'm sure I'm transitioning into cinnamon and then dry. All of a sudden, my tongue just goes from sweet, uh, a hint of sweetness to dry. And it's that oak flavor uh, that really gives it to me a very medium finish. Um, I would say the finish is ultimately utterly smooth, but it's dry. So if you can imagine that dry, smooth, so no uh, wet friction <laughs> happening there, no leather. Like I would love to get some leather in a scotch once in a while, uh, more frequently than we have. Um, but definitely fun. Um, I don't know that I, I think of this as something that I would really want to pair with foods, but I could see this easily not being a scotch. I wouldn't worry about drinking while smoking a cigar. Yeah, I could see that. And, you know, I think to your point there, when you're talking about like that dryness and everything with the wood, I think that's kind of like what I'm talking about where, in my opinion, I'm saying it's, it's a very light body because it's not sitting on the tongue. And that's where I think where you get that kind of co that coating going around your mouth yeah. as opposed to just like hanging in there. Absolutely, because uh, for me, at the front of the palate, it's that sweet on the tip yes. of the tongue. And it like you can literally follow the flavor from the front of your tongue to the back of your tongue as it goes from sweet and creamy to dry. And uh, then, like, as you mentioned, it encumbers the whole back of your mouth, like the front of my tongue. But, but still not sweet. The yeah. But not the mid part. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's like, it's there. It's like, it's on your tongue for the front part of your palate. It's there for the mid palate. And also like the back part of your tongue, that back part of your palate, it like disappears. But then also like, it just kind of coats the rest of your mouth. It's like, it's, and that's why I said it was light body, but I can see why you would say it's medium bodied. So, uh, in either way, in either case though, I, I, I think, we're both getting, I think, the same kind of thing going on there. Yeah, it's an interesting transition on the palate to the finish. And yeah. it's one you can literally follow. I don't know many scotches where I can literally follow the palate uh, from beginning to end, from the front of the palate to the finish, uh, along my mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I think in most scotches, though, I kind of like having that, uh, like a little bit heavier of a finish, not like just like having to go like bone dry and like making it almost feel like it's like super light on the, on the back yeah. end. Yeah, um, that, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that bone dry piece, it, it goes from oak to just that hint of smoke. And again, yeah. I think that's why I think, ah, man, you're not missing out if you're smoking a cigar with this because it's already got the hint Actually, of smoke I think there. maybe the cigar might actually help that finish. <laughs> tell, tell you, too. Yeah, just ask Clinton, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Monica Lewinsky. That's right. Everyone loves ice skating until <laughs> they got a broken leg. <laughs> Isn't that Tanya Harding and uh, what's her name? Yeah. 
Uh, what's the other <laughs> chick's name? Uh, there's Tanya Harding. She's the one who got hit. I don't even remember. And it was like a trashy, trashy looking blonde lady. Not one of my two top sports. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking about, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Hockey, of course. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, do you have any? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for a recap for me, it's fun. I agree with you. I want more in a finish. I, I really do want more in a finish. Said. Yeah, see, it's what she said. Um, but I want more of a finish, and I uh, it's, it's fun to experience the scotch and go through the emotions to actually feel a physical sensation more than just a another sense of taste or smell, but to literally um, have those two combine into what feels like a physical sensation um, from the tip of the tongue she to the back of the mouth. Yeah, she leaves me wanting, man. <laughs> <laughs> weighed measured and left wanting so um for sure i you know it's good um when i think of last week's look le monde at uh, not too much more of a price point i would definitely go with the look le monde over the krigal i think so i i agree with you because it just has like that just it has a little bit more going on in the flavor i think and it had a better finish yeah you guys if you haven't figured this out yet Finishes everything. <laughs> it's time for our shout outs. Got to do my first shout out. Man, Hungarian Grand Prix. Once again, Verstappen had a power failure. Uh, took a t- 10 space. Well, ultimately started the, the race in 10th place, but was uh, penalized by an engine failure, not being able to do see what that car might have done. Um, started the race in 10th and finished in first. Um, tying Red Bull Racing's greatest ever um gains in positions during a race to a win uh, but then more so just like great job for stopping great job honda well played executed and strategized all right so my shout out is actually going to go to uh the creators and everyone who is involved with creating thor love and thunder <laughs> <laughs> great movie uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie uh, I highly suggest seeing it. But if you if you if you saw Thor Ragnarok and you didn't like the humor in Thor Ragnarok, I'm not sure if you're gonna like the humor in this one. But I thought this movie was hilarious, especially these <laughs> damn goats. I love the goats there. <laughs> Absolutely, I was laughing hysterically every time they screamed. <laughs> nope, you, you gotta take the goats. <laughs> You've already accepted them. I, I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many funny parts in this movie uh you know like there's that scene where he's like coming like john claude von damme like stopping oh like two goodness. like spaceships yeah flying at him they're not really spaceships but yeah they're like hover, like, yeah, hovercraft like, like these two hovercrafts <laughs> and he does like this jumping split thing and stuff like that and he's like looking at him they're looking at him and he's like <laughs> And these aliens that are looking at him, they're like screaming. They look like the animal from uh, Man Sesame Street. And they're all, ah! <laughs> and then he's just like, <laughs> and the leader of those people are like, you already accepted the goats. You got to take them with you. That's right. <laughs> And he loved the goats too. He like he's a he took him everywhere. Yeah, please don't please don't talk about the sacred temple that you destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really sorry. Please stop. (laughs) That's enough. And then Christian Bell, he did a phenomenal job as the as the uh, 
as the villain. Oh, unbelievably well. Um, and I didn't know that was him going into it. I didn't realize it until, ah, man, it might have been 30 minutes into the movie. It might have been 40 minutes in the movie. But there was one scene where all of a sudden I looked and it, you, it uh, Christian Bale has some looks where they you see his face, whether he's full faced or has lost a bunch of weight and is almost gaunt. And you can tell by his look that that's him, no matter how much makeup the guy's wearing. And it is at that moment, I was just like, I, I remember looking over at my kids being like, is that Christian Bale? Like, I think that's Christian Bale. And then looking it up on my phone in the theater, which you're never supposed to do with all the bright light in the dark theater. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn, that's Christian Bale. Well, I thought you already done. knew about that because you told me about it like when I'm watching a preview. No. Like on TV. Well, that we were watching the preview, but I'd already seen the movie once with my kids. Oh, that is that, you playing that to me on the TV, on the advertisement on the TV after you saw it with yeah. your kids? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you pointed it out to me. That's why that. I was trying not to ruin it for you. That's why I was like, do you know who the bad guy is? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, Okay, Christian Bale does an amazing job. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, even though there's like a lot of really, really great humor in this movie, um, if you watch and pay attention to the character arc of Christian Bale, I think it's an incredible one because, you know, he's like totally faithful to like the God that he worships the guy basically laughs in his face. So you can see the turmoil of him, like losing his daughter and uh, feeling betrayed by the, uh, his God that he worships and to, to come into a part where he hates all gods because of him. And then in the end, there's that whole like redemption value of there. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it by now, yeah, well, it's your fault. And Oh, one more shout out to go with that, I guess. And it ties into it. Uh, if you have an AMC movie theater near you, uh, definitely uh, get that uh, A-lister um, deal. It's $22. Uh, basically, you see two movies in one month that pays for itself, but then they give you three movies a week that you could go see. And so that makes it really easy to go see like that movie and some other movies that are coming out. Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> and then uh, not, and then not only that, though, like you like build up um, uh, points faster and you get like, like $5 off your your uh, food and stuff. Let's try my pretzel bites. Got to get the pretzel bites. Got to get the pretzel bites. And, yep. and as Brian would say, no one must own stock in AMC. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he trying to sell AMC? Well, because it's a great deal. Like, well, it, it sells it, itself. You see two movies a month. It has more than paid for itself. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and as we like talk about some of these movies, and that's why I've been kind of giving out some shout outs on the movies is that, you know, I, we both have memberships to it. And that, you know, that almost becomes a, a business, business expense. There, right? <laughs> it, it it's a write off. That's, that's why we see movies. Uh, well, really what the greatness is for me is it's an opportunity to go have an experience and it's not for everyone i'm not going to say the movie theater is for everyone but for me absolutely i love a big screen tv and i love a bigger screen theater um, i love being fully immersed with a screen that does take up a peripheral vision of more than just 10% or 20%. Oh, I, I love the full 50% plus. And uh, that's why sound. I love going to movies and the sound. Yeah, the sound. And then also get out of your house. 
Like you get to go have some snacks, maybe you don't have to do that, but you get out of your house and you go have an experience. And for me, I love doing it with friends. I love doing it with my kids. Uh, you know, I love it's just a cool experience to go with my kids. And, you know, I don't know that you're supposed to bring food in the movie theaters, but we usually stop at the grocery store and get our own pints of ice cream and eat them while we're doing that. Uh, because usually we go to the movie theater instead of watching our movie at home. And uh, that's one of the ways we celebrate. So enjoy some ice cream. Any get it togethers? you know my my get it together still remains uh with uh biden and this presidency and everything they're doing they're saying that they're saving the economy and i still don't understand how and we're about to get into sports so we'll talk more about foresight how they had no foresight about this was the damage they created. Um, great. So now gas is in, in many areas, uh, 50 cents to a dollar less per gallon than it was a month ago. At what cost? That's just it. So everything else costs twice as much. My chicken is twice as much. My ground beef is twice as much. Uh, my refried beans are 70% more expensive. My chips have now doubled in price. Like I didn't think that was coming so soon, especially since all the news is saying, oh, there's a relief in grain and grain prices are going down. Yeah, tell that to Doritos, Tostitos, Frito-Lay and everyone else who's making my chips uh, because I'm not seeing it. So uh, really just the damage has been done. And at some point, the one thing I think they did somewhat right was as we talked about six months ago, got a bill in so we could get some companies making semiconductors and chips here in America. That should have been done the moment we realized, A, hey, there might be a shortage of these things. Well, why are we relying on foreign countries to bring them in? I think our previous president probably would have taken steps and, and had the initiative to do something much sooner. Um, and then also, B, man, oh yeah, so hey, Remember six months ago when Russia invaded Ukraine? Did you ever think that this would like have a further impact? And man, maybe we should start doing something now, half a year later, that babies are starving and the world is in the so I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you know how we talked about last week with Pelosi mm. and uh, the amount of money her husband had made or invested in into the microchips? Yeah, you're not technically inside trading if you don't work for the company. Let me get that straight. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that the the uh, the company was Envita, and you know where Envita's like one of Envita's largest manu manufacturing plants are. China. Nope. Where? Taiwan. No way. And where is Pelosi going? Taiwan. Or she's been talking, or they've been talking about her going to Taiwan. More and more. They're like saying, oh, if she goes there, it won't be a huge problem. Really? <laughs> what if? And what is China? Taiwan was taken over or invaded by China, but oh. as I was about to say there. So good job, Pelosi. Hope he just lost every penny. <laughs> Hopefully they shoot her down. No, no, no. Come on. We don't want bad karma. Because uh, that would be a long, painful death. We want. <laughs> We want everything. Okay. okay, okay, okay. That's probably bad of me to say. Hopefully, they shoot her now. But if something were to happen to her, that might actually be beneficial for our country. Possibly. I don't know. Anyways, uh, my get it together does have to do with the uh, with the House. Um, they passed a bill to ban assault weapons, and uh, I think this does uh, go in violation of the Second Amendment. As well as, like, previously they did pass the uh, red flag laws, which also violates the 14th Amendment and due process, which is 14th Amendment Section 1. 
They're just trying to appease a certain constituency that they've currently lost as far as the fact that it's a Democrat majority making these decisions at this moment. Um, and they've lost so many voters because of everything else going on. The people who voted for the current situation we're in. The problem is, like, if they would actually just enforce the laws that are already on the books, we, I mean... The, there wouldn't be the problems that are already there. Yeah. Uh, and, there and there's actually really no need um, to create any new laws. But um, with that said, that is where my uh, get it together. The Stagecoach. I think that's technically Franktown, Colorado. Is it? I think so. Okay. Just south of Parker. Not quite to Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man, the Stagecoach. So it's uh, uh, really known as a biker bar. Lots of bikers stop there on their travels. But also something that's been interesting is, and there were a lot of... um, families that actually were dining in there i was kind of surprised by their percentage they do have a great back patio uh, where there were some families bigger families uh, enjoying their food i will say though man they are obviously struggling at the moment with staffing just like so many places uh, they gave us great service right when we first got there sat down got a beer um cons- continuous situation we've been running into we just need to learn not to order our appetizers and our dinner at the same time like seriously you can tell them yeah. don't have it all come out at the same time and i think they're so short-staffed that they don't know what else to do i just got to get it done i I, th- I think you're right there um i i kind of thought you know it is a it is a bike bar it's kind of a divey looking place and honestly um it reminded me of a lot of like pubs i went to in uh in south uh jersey there like in the mount laurel section there or, like right across the river from uh, philly and some of the places i went in philly um, to where it's just kind of like more of a like like an old like neighborhood type bar it's kind of like you know just kind of dark and dingy on the inside and and you like walk into like the restroom and just it has like that foul smell to it a little bit and just I, I mean but it just I mean but it has character like I'm not trying to like you know like knock the the restroom or anything like that but it's just but yeah you, you, you get kind of like when you look at the place you know what you're gonna get when you walk into the when you walk into there like it, it it's uh it is like a, it's like a dive bar you know and and dive bars are kind of a, a dying breed yeah that is absolutely unfortunate uh because it was a, a lot of fun. You, it, it's an easy place to go when you've got nowhere to go. So, you know, one of the benefits of uh, a retiree, for example, is they can go have a lunch or dinner or breakfast and spend four hours and there's nothing else they got to do. Um, and this is one of those places where you could go and get lost for four hours, uh, listening to pretty good tunes oh, yeah, and good tunes. Uh, not be in a rush and uh, not regret it. I think you mentioned that you've been there before on a weekend and there's like a lot of people who drive Harleys that stop there. Lots of motorcycles, not just Harleys, Indian, Honda, Yamaha, everything. So I think it'd be kind of fun to check those out. Like, and, you know, and they actually show like right, right above their bar, they have a huge picture of like a ton of motorcycles being parked right there and stuff. Um, I actually, uh, I did like the atmosphere there. It's like, even though it's like dark and dingy and kind of like a, a dive bar, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. So, um, I guess for me, uh, 
what I got was the uh, tacos. Just joking. You uh, ate the fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you watched our episode last week and you're listening to this part, I forgot what I ate uh, in that last episode. Uh, and the I'm fish joking. Fish and chips, bro. <laughs> <laughs> There's the fish and chips, bro. I didn't get the fish and chips this time around, though. Um, I didn't get the tacos either, as I was joking around with. But I a burger. <laughs> what I did get was, and it wasn't a burger either. I got a Philly. Um, so um, the Philly was decent. I, I thought it would be a little bit larger than That's what it what was. She said. <laughs> <laughs> than what it was. Uh, so it, it seemed like a kind of small sandwich, but <laughs> it did have enough meat on there, and um, uh, they did it. They made it with Swiss cheese, uh, onions, green peppers, and that shaved meat, and. Um, it was it was decent and but it's not like and here's shaved, my issue shaved me yeah okay <laughs> uh and my my issue with most Philly with most Philly cheesesteaks is that unless you're getting them there in Philly where like where they're made they they're really hard to like to match that type of quality of a cheesesteak so it was good but um not like uh Tony Luke's good and um the but I will say the where they did have it at was like on the uh, appetizer, which were the uh, tater tots covered with green chili and and uh, cheese and uh, and chicken, and that was pretty bomb. So that was a good pick on your part with the appetizer. Yeah, that was a pleasant uh, treat at the beginning with the well, really, it all came at once. Let's face it. Here's your appetizer. I'm bringing your dinner, and as soon as I get back to the kitchen. <laughs> like, uh, but the green chili was good. The tater tots were cooked well. And that's an important part of chili cheese tots is you got to get those tots crispy enough, but not too crispy. You're not burning them. Um, so you're leaving a little bit of that potato flavor on the inside, but you got to get the outside crispy. And their green chili was good. Um, the chicken, man, like I, I don't know if this is like frozen chicken they just thaw or if it's fresh chicken that they grill. It was tender and flavorful. It was great chicken. Um, over and all, that was absolutely a win. Um, I myself did have the fish and chips. And what I would say is 13 bucks for the fish and chips. Uh, it was $8 plus a couple bucks for the chicken on the tater tots. Um, both well worth it. Uh, the fish and chips, I'm not gonna say it's the best, but for $13, I didn't regret it for one moment. The fish was tender and it was flavorful and it was cooked. Very important, batter was done well. Um, it just wasn't, you know, you get a little spoiled when you go all these kitschy places and you got the big pieces of cod that have super giant flakes when you break them open or take a bite. And this was not that. This was definitely the thinner pieces of the fillets. And um, again, good, just not artsy. I probably would have enjoyed those more than last week because like last week they were so flaky that I couldn't even dip it into the tartar sauce with it like all falling apart. Yeah. But hey, glad you enjoyed your fish and chips and you remember what you had unlike <laughs> me last week uh, when I had my fish and chips. <laughs> the beer was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, though, would I take a date there? You know, it, 
for for the most part, this place is going to be out of the way. But what I will say is if you're coming back from a hike or an adventure out there and you're just looking for a chance to cool down or relax, they do have music playing on the weekends out back. If you're looking for one of those things, I would absolutely take a date there um, to relax. Am I taking a date there as the prime destination? Nah. NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't take her there as a, like the primary place for a first date. Maybe if I, maybe if we've been dating for a while, sure, as a place to just go and chill and hang out together. And I actually think probably the out the outside uh, might be a decent place to just chill, um, like on a quasi date like that, or or meet friends and probably get their pie, get like the uh, the pizza pie, because apparently the pizza is where it's at. Even though we didn't try it, and I have and I've never tried it, but there's been a lot of people who recommended the pizza. And uh, when you do look up the place, I think they mentioned about like a lot of people mentioning the pizza. So I would go with that. Yeah, and I know from previous experiences, their nachos were the bomb. Absolutely pay the extra couple bucks for the meat. Um, the nachos were the bomb. And then also the French dip apparently is to die for. Um, service was a seven. And I think that's just a short staffing thing. I think they did their best. But there comes a point where um, sometimes you just need more people and whether or not you can afford them is just an, another piece. Any other day, it might be an eight or a nine or who knows. Uh, but service was a seven. The food for me was absolutely an eight. Um, the atmosphere, and this is where, again, it gets kind of tricky. It was fun. Um, like right around that seven and a half mark. And then would I go there with friends any day, like any time. It was fun. Uh, it really is just one of those places where if I lived right by there, I'd probably be there quite frequently going out back, reading a book, having a couple of brews and uh, waiting and enjoying it as it goes from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And you can feel the temperature change while reading. I would love that experience. Um, so overall, it's uh, going to be right around that 7.5 mark. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely recommend going there and enjoying hanging out with a couple buddies they do have billiard tables uh music and um, i wouldn't say they have the largest selection of beer but they do have a full bar yeah um what i would say is that um atmosphere wise i'm gonna give it 8.5 damn son and, and the reason why i'm giving it an 8.5 is because I'm basing it on dive bars. That's a good. I, I don't take anything away from that. I'm because not even gonna challenge like it. I'm not gonna like you know if you're gonna have me like uh, match up to maybe like the Odyssey something that we uh, did like de a while ago, which is a really nice sit down restaurant for Italian food. That's a restaurant that produces a different type of wood, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're definitely not one of the same. Then like I couldn't like uh, do apples to apple type of uh, rating on it, but this is as a dive bar. I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, the food, I agree with you. That's a, that's an 8. I think the food is an 8. Uh, the service, I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to low it. I'm going to like, I'm going to say it was a 6. I mean, yes, they were very attentive when we first walked in. And I understand it's a, uh, probably a, a shortage of like staff. Um, and they just kind of like disappeared for a while. And then, to that point, though, there's, like, people who asked for, like, a beer at, like, the bar, and they had to wait, like, forever to get their beer. And the bartender didn't, like, she had it all, like, all put together. But overall, I'm going to give it a 7.5. All right. I think that six drops it down at least a half a point. Okay.
No goats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so here's the first important thing. And this is an interesting thing because I'm going to mention a couple pieces and then we can dive right into what our favorite sports are. Uh, number one, the definition of what is a sport. So a sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill which on individual or team um competition um, they compete against others um, and often for entertainment so ultimately an activity including physical exertion so there is usually a physical piece to it and skill so there's definitely skill to it in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment all right that's interesting because my definition is pretty similar but does not say that What's your say? It says an activity involving physical exertion and skill that is governed by a set of rules or customs and often undertaken competitively. So it doesn't say anything about teams or individually or individuals, but it did say that ha that but it did have that physical uh, part there and skill part. All right, so we know that most likely, well, definitively, I think we would both agree skill is going to be involved in a sport. Now we talk about what does it mean to be physical? Let's get physical, physical. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about two individuals being physical and you have skill, I suppose, according to your song there, yeah, that could happen. Wrestling, karate, <laughs> jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lots sure. I'm sure you can see some skill on Playboy or whatever that is up there, EOS or whatever IOS or I don't know what it's called. EOS, IOS. I don't know. EOS. I don't know what it's called. I don't watch it. I don't know what is he <laughs> talking about. Maybe I'll have to go look into that. Like, what is this? I might EOS. I mean, it's EOS. I don't know. All right. So we'll have to figure that out later. I don't know. It's like yeah, whatever. All right. So yeah, you want to list off your first four? Or you want me to go? Uh, sorry, um, I'll try to delete that out. <laughs> if you hear munching, I happen to drink some water and got an ice cube in. But anyway, sorry. I apologize about that. Uh, yeah, that's my a first. mouthful. <laughs> right, that's what she said. <laughs> so my, fir my first, uh, my first point here that I'm uh, I'm gonna go with is hockey. A big stick. It is a big stick. <laughs> um, I think the reason why I'm going with hockey, I think uh, before you mention why I went with hockey, though, if you know me, you probably know, uh, especially depending on how long you've known me for, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, actually an American football fan. And more so, uh, like when I was younger, I was like a huge, huge Denver Broncos fan. And then, um, you know, as I, I got older, I became much more of a, uh, a college football fan and uh, more so for the University of Colorado Buffaloes. And from that point, uh, it's, you know, that actually, like, uh, became even more prevalent after I went to CU Boulder, um, which I think is very surprising that I did not pick college football or professional football as my number one sport here. I chose hockey. And, and the reason why I chose hockey here is because unlike football, like football, you have, like, you have action probably for, like, two seconds, and then you have people standing around for, like, a minute. And then, and then, uh, and then it's like a couple seconds of, 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 uh, you know, physical activity going on and then they stand around for a while. 
And so with that, um, I spent a little bit of time in Europe. And when I was in, uh, spending some time in Europe and hanging around with some friends from uh, Europe when they were at uh, CU Boulder, I really got, you know, more into like watching like uh, um, as what most people in the world call football or soccer, as we call it here in the United States. And I started also getting more into hockey. And what I really enjoyed about like hockey and rugby and and soccer and things like that is that you have continuous motion going back and forth. And um, I think one of the best things about hockey is I did like the physicality of, of American football. And you you have that with hockey. Uh, you got like, you know, when the, with the checking and uh, check and, me. and the slashing and the cross checking and the boarding. And, and then, you know, they actually, you know, sometimes they get into fights and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like re- a lot of really cool things about that. And then if you like go to the games and stuff like that, you sit high enough, uh, high enough up, you can actually see like, uh, like the uh, formations of the defense and the offense and how they're, how they're like structuring the plays and stuff and how they're funneling down to like score and, um, I really love the strategy and the skill that comes along with uh, ice hockey because you have to be very skillful to like do some of the things that they do on those skates. I mean, you're talking like a very thin, uh, very like thin piece of like metal that they're like going like you know like miles per hour. Like they they're going super fast sometimes, and they're sliding down, stopping like hundred mile an hour uh, rubber pucks and stuff like that, and. Um, and some of the things that they can do with that puck uh, when they're deking the uh, the goalie, I just think it's uh, I think it has that competition, has that skill factor, has that um, that physicality to it. And overall, I just think it's a lot of fun, you know, just like uh, just being at the games and stuff like that. I, I wish uh, growing up I would have learned how to play hockey growing up instead of like learning to play American football. I think it, it would have been a lot more fun. Um, but you know, you you do what you do when you grow up, right? You can't really go back in time and and, uh, and change that. But if I could, that would be like one sport I would like would go back in time to go learn how to play instead. All right, all right, all right. Also, very expensive sport as a player, especially in your youth when you're not getting yeah. paid to do it. <laughs> like parents be broke after <laughs> that. Then that's interesting. So um, for me, man, my first one, and I'm gonna premise this with. I was very much so considering chess, and I still do consider chess a sport. However, based on our own definitions, the one thing that I think is wrong about choosing that as one of my two favorite sports is just the physical piece. Now, obviously, chess is a mind game. You got to be pretty intelligent in at least one way to be good at chess Um, and i think you see the chess masterminds the moves the people who are great at chess um, ultimately you can see them also as head coaches in football for example or maybe it's the quarterback in football Uh, you see it in hockey or most other sports just one example and i'm not gonna uh, you know it's uh, i enjoy watching it um i enjoy tom brady winning championships but it's not one of my favorite sports but american football you can absolutely see there is a person making the moves but he is absolutely making moves with specific players that could be a bishop that could be a knight that could be the queen who knows the rook there are moves being made and power plays. Uh, you see that again, you know, like in football. You see that 
to an extent, I, I think it's a little bit different in soccer. I think soccer is very interesting because the dynamics typically aren't as extreme. I think most teams have a queen and then it's a bunch of rooks. You don't have a whole lot of knights or bishops making different moves. It's a queen, you know, a Ronaldo or a, another great superstar and then a bunch of mediocre people and a great goalie. Got to have a great goalie. Uh, but for me, the other example of the chess mastermind goes to my favorite sport, Formula One racing. And why Formula One? And yeah, for me, sports have to be intellectually inclined. And you see this through strategy and uh, a number of different things in Formula One. But you also got the physical piece. You got the two dozen of the greatest drivers, actually the two dozen greatest drivers on the planet making tens of millions of dollars in some cases uh, as contracts to go race each year. And we're talking about like 20 weekends worth of work. <laughs> we're not talking about basketball where they're on the road for half the three quarters of the year. We're talking about 22 weekends of the year, a couple weekends of testing, a little bit of autograph work here. And other than that, stay fit, stay in shape, stay keen. You're good. But where the real magic lies, it's in the masterminds, the uh the, the main guys behind the scenes, it's the guys calling the shots, the head engineers, it's the managers, it's the people saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. We know this about this car. Here's what I think about your opponent. Uh, much like in chess, you got to know your opponent. What was their first move might tell you a lot. And then you're going to start on these tires. We're going to try a two-stop strategy, a one-stop strategy, X, Y, and Z. Um, car setup, we're going to increase downforce. You're going to be slow on the straights, but faster in the turns because of that. You might get overtaken here, but we've got the best possible solution as your tires degrade. There's so much strategy that goes into it. It's super exciting. The first ever Formula One race I watched live. Now, when I say live, I mean on TV, but as it was happening, not previously recorded or anything else was the 2000 united states grand prix at indianapolis when michael schumacher won that race crossing the brick road um, at one point in the race he was uh toe-to-toe -to, -toe to speak with david coulthard one of the main mclaren drivers to the point where you saw just like when we opened this bottle of scotch there was a little poof of smoke or mist you saw the tires smoke as they came around this corner not like today i actually think today's drivers are great but typically today's drivers don't have the same finesse they don't play it so close or fair that they can get in those situations and come out unscathed one usually is out of the race back then man they played fair enough that they could see smoke coming off the tires but both drivers still continued in many cases um, it, yeah so for me though formula one world racing absolutely my number one sport international it's viewed by more people every race weekend than almost any other sporting event except for, and the Olympics took a dive this last go around, uh, the Olympics and World Cup soccer. But other than that, other than when the World Cup soccer tournaments are going on, psh, you got Formula One owning the world. Well, I think you uh, made some uh, good points there as far as um, some other like uh, sporting events that should be mentioned, which probably won't be mentioned. I'm not sure. I'm not going to be mentioning <laughs> it. But uh, I do know, like, uh, so uh, soccer or football for most countries, especially around World Cup time, is one of the most watched uh, and revered sports out there in the world. And I, I think part of it has to do probably with just the simplicity. All you really just need is a field, 
maybe four pieces of rock to set up a goal uh, and, and a ball. And so that's all you really need. And so even like the poorest child, because you mentioned like how hockey is expensive to play, you don't need a whole lot of money to play soccer uh, or fo- you know football, depending on what part of the world you're in. Um, another, you know, like another sport I think is, uh, similar cause you brought up American football, uh, which I think, uh, deservedly so, uh, is a great sport and probably could be ranked up there as far as one of the top two types of uh, sports, but, um, that's probably more so in the, in the United States. Um, I think pretty much foot, American football rules, uh, the, uh, the rules of sport sporting world here in the United States. Another one would be baseball. Um, it is the so-called the American pastime. Uh, that's not going to be my second here. In fact, uh, my second is uh, Nick Carraway. <laughs> I didn't know he old was a sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they're old sport? <laughs> <laughs> just joking. It is uh, Nick Carraway, uh, but if you ever watch The Great Gatsby, you do hear uh, Gatsby call Nick Carraway old sport multiple times. <laughs> um, another one that probably needs to be mentioned, I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I'm not sure if you picked it or not, but maybe rugby um, or even basketball. Uh, basketball is another good one that goes back and forth, but I'm going to pick as my second Here's my second right here because I think it's a very mentally challenged game. Uh, you do have to have flexibility with it, and um, it, the, you know because that strategy and that uh, the the physical attitude to uh, aptitude that you need for it. I'm gonna go with golf. Ooh. Um, with golf, uh, I do you know like it's it is you against the course. It is also you against uh, the other players. And, um, there, yeah, I mean, you have to practice hours and hours on end. You have to be very skilled with your shots, uh, you know, be able to control your ball, be able to make a draw to do a draw with your shot or to do a fade with it. Um, you have to know like the distance and then you're going to hit it in what clubs to use, um, you know, different terrains and stuff like that. And, and I, I think it, it is mentally challenging, um, because you, you talked about intellect and you need to have that with golf. Uh, and you have to be like mentally uh, tough with it because like one one shot, like one bad shot, can like affect you from multiple holes or multiple <laughs> multiple shots. Um, if you if you're not if you're not on top of your game, so um, it I don't like I don't enjoy watching golf on TV, but I think golf is a fun sport to play. Um, that that would be the uh, one I would go with if I'm going to give like a uh, a. Uh, a honorable mention. I'm gonna. I, I would mention uh, um, the yacht races Ooh. Um, that you would see between. Uh, I think. I think they have them like off the coast of like California. I know All they have over down. The place. In, yeah, they have them in Australia. Uh, that's another one. I would probably. I, I think it's fun to watch that. Uh, a lot of skill and a lot of teamwork goes into those. Uh, uh, and then being able to uh, use the sails to uh, manipulate the wind. Uh, I think that's another good sport. A lot of patience involved. Yes. All right. Same with racing, honestly. There are times when uh, you're racing and you literally have to be patient enough for the car in front of you or behind you to 
get to a point where you can excel and they don't, or otherwise it is definitely a, a fight. And because of that, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the mental game, you know, starting with chess. And I think game is a good word for it. Um, because it's anything but a game. It's absolutely a competition when you take it to that next level. Um, and Formula One is right there uh, as a team sport. And I don't know that most people understand how much of a team effort goes into Formula One. But you talk to the engineers and you're going to start to understand it's not just the driver. It's the driver's feedback to the engineers and the managers to continue to evolve a car all season long. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars every season spent trying to win a championship. Yeah, there's some money to come back to you based on winnings and points, but at the end of the day, it can't ever be about that. For, you know, Ferrari uh, won the Formula One World Championship in 1979 with Jody Schechter driving and they kept going for 21 years without winning a whole lot um, and definitely no championships until Michael Schumacher did it again in 2000 um, and that man that year was great pulled her right down to the last race of the year Suzuka Grand Prix ah man heart racing for sure uh, for me though my second sport is boxing and again boxing is very much so a brutal sport and when i used to watch mike tyson box i was like man this guy's just a machine he is a lion he is an animal that i would never want to be in a cage with um now skipping forward and really starting to listen to and be more mature um, and look at the likes of a Floyd Mayweather. And, and when you listen to these boxers, when I listen to these boxers, I hear, yeah, Floyd Mayweather is a master of, I am going to exhaust my opponent until I get to the point where I know where their weakness is. And in many cases, that's exhaustion. They've overexerted. They were too eager. They were not patient. And then I am going to knock them the F out. <laughs> Beat them down. Uh, just like he did with Conan McGregor and so many other boxers. Uh, but Tyson was no different. And as Tyson has matured, and now, you know, like it's kind of almost sad to me because Tyson's an old man at this point. Uh, but if you listen to him and you really pay attention to his interviews and how he speaks, he was always about understanding his opponent. And some of his opponents he knew, man, if I don't knock this guy out in round one, I'm going to be hurting. So I have one chance and I got a snap because they're going to try to wait to tire me out. And in those instances, the guy was huge. He knocked him out way too quick or bite off an ear or any number of other things did a little time in prison but nonetheless he was very strategic about studying his opponents um just like they do in chess and i think that's the one thing that uh is underappreciated about boxing is how much actually goes into understanding your opponent. Um, the one guy I'm not quite sure is there is Fury, man. This guy is almost just a, a magic gypsy, <laughs> like Brad Pitt, you know? And uh, it's just amazing what he does. But at the same time, you can tell he's studying his opponents. Um, but he's also... Is he an MMA fighter? No. Uh, Fury's the boxer that keeps knocking everyone out. Oh, I, like, I actually I haven't, paid that, I haven't paid that much attention yeah, dude, to boxing. Fury's the gypsy boxer that goes okay. around knocking people out. He's huge. Um, and But with this, 
part of his piece is he knows himself. He's the guy who is not ripped. He's not lean. He goes in looking like dad bod Thor and <laughs> knocks the opponent out who looks like Mike Tyson and other boxers from 15 years ago. You know who I'm talking oh, about. You know exactly oh, who I I'm know, talking I, about. Now I know who you're talking about. And he about. goes in and he's like, yeah, I, I work out, but I live a life where when I go in the ring, I'm not just in there for three rounds. I'm in there for life. And I don't, that's not a quote of his by any means, but that's absolutely what I get from this guy is he's going in there and he's like, here's how I'm going to win. You've been preparing, preparing for three rounds with me for the last year. I've been preparing for this my whole life by not preparing for three rounds. And that's part of his mind game uh, for himself, not even against the opponent about just knowing himself. And it's like, I will, not stop until I'm dead. And I think that's what I get from him. Actually, it's one of the things I think about myself when I'm at work many times where I'm like, yeah, it's just going to be a long day because I won't go home until I'm 100% on this metric. And people ask me all the time. And I think Fury is the same way. Is like, why? It's because I can't rest until I know I'm 100% of where I need to be. And no one can call me out. And actually, that's like tragic, by the way, when you're working on a team and you're so worried about being called out by one little potential slip or not being perfect on one metric. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also just me of, yeah, man, I will get there. You will not call me out. I may have dad bob today, but guess what? I'm going to win that fight. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So for me, boxing, Formula One, racing, and boxing, um, both very much so perceived to be single-person sports, but, you know, even boxing, you got a coach in your corner. Do you have an honorable mention? Oh. Um, for me, there's two honorable mentions. When you take chess out of it, it's soccer and football. Both of them great, both for different reasons. I think football is absolutely a chess game, a mind game, because the head coach has to select assistant coaches, a defensive coach, and an offensive coach. But ultimately, you're putting different players with different skills, a quarterback, defensive line, et cetera, in key positions, and you have to play a an absolute mind game. Um, the other one is actually soccer. Now, here's where it goes back and forth is, to me, Formula One is very much so a mind game. Yeah, you got to get the best drivers. But at the end of the day, without a car and a strategy, you're going to fail every time. Um, and that is very much so the same with me to football. Uh, interestingly enough, the most American, I think, to me, the most American of sports, a lot of people would say it's baseball or any other number of things. But to me, it's football. It's also very strategic. It's There's a ton of planning that unless you've studied a lot of football, uh, and I guess a good example would be the Patriots when Brady was there. And you start to look at what the coach did, um, man, he had the perfect package. Now, you take the perfect driver out of that F1 car or the perfect quarterback out of that football team, and what do you get? Absolute disaster, as both have seen. You know, the Patriots did not do well after making the wrong chess move. Um, the other one, though, being much like boxing, soccer is an endurance sport. You are running some of these players nonstop. Oh, well, nearly nonstop for an hour and a half at some points. And that is an absolutely physical sport, which, again, comes down to mind over matter. It doesn't matter how tired you are after running an hour and 15 minutes, if you're down one point or if you're tied and you got to get one point, you give 100%. I'd say 200%, but that's not possible. You give 100%. And uh, the stars in football do just that. 
I agree, and I, that's why I think it's odd that I didn't pick American football as because like I, if I'm going to choose like my favorite, like one of my favorite sports to watch is definitely college football. I love watching college football. I think what they're doing with college football now is is, is kind of like ruining it, but. Um, with the whole college re uh, like the whole conference realignments and stuff, but it's a money game. Yeah, the t- I think the TV uh, the TV networks are starting to screw it up. But in any case, because I think you're starting to get rid of like like old traditional rivalries and stuff like that, and it kind of takes out some like the, the nostalgia with it and the history with it. But in any case, um, I do think it it does deserve its its due. I do love that sport, even though I didn't pick it as one of my two or my honorable mention. Uh, there is one sport though I would love to learn. I just never like honorable just, mention. What's your honorable mention? Well, my honorable mention was that uh, the yacht racing. Okay. Uh, I think it's really. I think uh, I don't know if you ever watched. Have you watched it? Oh yeah, man. It's, it's super intriguing. Riling and other watchmakers, Rolex are huge <laughs> into sponsoring these ships. It is. So that's the one you you would love to. That's not the one I want to learn more about. Right. That's the one. You, that's just my honorable mention. Or that's your honorable mention. So what do you want to learn more? The the one sport I would like to learn more about, and I I've even tried to like like play a video game of it to like learn the rules. Because sometimes if you play if you play sporting video games, you you can actually learn the rules of the game of like of like these different sports and stuff. And the one I still have not been able to like understand whatsoever is cricket. Oh yeah, I don't understand that shit at all. But I also have no interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd like to. I, I mean, I'm not sure if I want to like become like like a super fan of watching it or whatever, but I would love. I, I mean, but I would like to like learn it and understand it, and, like to comprehend. Like, why does it take like a week to play one game? <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Uh, uh, I am <laughs> and, and you know, and I think another one we didn't talk about, which, which a lot of times is perceived as an individual sport, but it really isn't, is horse racing. <laughs> but uh, I think people probably that more as far as gambling, but it's actually really a sport. You got competition, there's strategy that goes along Poker, with it. Poker, absolutely. All right. Uh, is there one that you want to learn more about? All right, or? man. Uh, I would love to continue learning more about chess and poker. You already know chess. Poker. <laughs> Don't you play poker? Not well. Uh, one of the things I have a terrible poker face because I'm such a fair player. I actually believe in, you know, you and I probably are similar in some ways. We have such a strong code that I don't play poker well because I believe in playing fair. And because of that, there's almost a, a mind trick against myself about not trying to fool people. <laughs> well, I've actually spent some time there in uh, Vegas when I lived there Uh in the uh, poker table area, so how'd you do? Um, I I go there, uh, pay like twenty bucks a night, and I play on a one-two table, so like little blinds one dollar to a big blind two dollars, and I could usually say you know put twenty dollars down, stay there for about you know three to four, you know somewhere between two to four hours, uh, get my free drinks, and uh, after, uh, and then afterwards I'd head over to like the uh, late hour cafe and get my uh, I, I I would have racked up enough enough points to uh get my steak and egg breakfast yeah <laughs> i was living the las vegas lifestyle all out right, there man <laughs> all right all right all right um, if you did <laughs> but uh you do start to get to learn other players and their and their uh and their tells it's not so much about like what you have in your hand as much as it is about reading other people i mean yeah you do need to know your cards but 
reading other people is probably just as important, if not more important. Which, uh, if you want to like watch a really good movie about that, Rounders is great. I haven't seen Rounders. I should watch that. You ever seen Rounders? Never seen it, man. Oh, you got to see that movie. That's the one with, uh, what's the main character? Uh, it's the guy from The Martian and Jason Bourne. Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about sports? No, they're fun and can be great, but really, at the end of the day, uh, I think what you really learn from sports is there are two pieces. You do have to have one person with talent and drive, and then you have to have, whether it's that same person or other people, who have the mind game and are strategizing nonstop. I think the, the one. The, I think there's a lot of great life lessons that a person can learn in sports, and I think they would, it's something great that, you, that all children should partake in. Because I think it will help instill uh, that uh, that uh, that winning mentality, that perseverance, goal setting, uh, learning how to handle defeat—all um, great things that you need to add to be successful in life. Hence, to be a good sport, to be able to lose and uh, not lose your temper. That that's hard sometimes. Yeah, especially <laughs> boxing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what are we uh, drinking next week? All right. Next week, Noah has selected for us the... Yeah, I don't know how to say it either. Alchenshachon <laughs> Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. American Oak Smooth and Vibrant. You nailed it. Alchenshachon. Alchenshachon. Okay. Crafted in Glasgow, 40% ABV, single malt scotch whiskey. <laughs> Here's how it's actually pronounced. Ak un tushun. Ak un tushun? Ak un tushun. Sounds German. It sounds extremely German. Ak un tushun. Ak un tushun. Ak un tushun. Ak un tushun. And uh, next week's Smarter Challenge uh, is actually going to be a movie review of The Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Yeah, who, you know, it's amazing to me the number of people who uh, aren't as excited as we are to go see this movie. I think it looks like a fun movie. I do too. I mean, I don't know if it, like, is it going to be like a, like an Oscar winning movie? Hell no. But is it going to be like a fun, entertaining movie? No, I think so. No, wait a minute. So a lot of people might say the unbearable weight of massive talent is an Oscar worthy. I think it is. I think that's what Oscar worthy. Uh, a lot of people would say Maverick, Top Gun Maverick was an Oscar worthy. I think that's Oscar worthy too. You I never know about this one. I think that might actually be like, uh, yeah, probably that that would be Oscar worthy. Both of them for different reasons. Um, man, how dynamic those stories, but. You never know. I mean, it, it's a tough one because... Paddington 2 should have won. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a tough one because Nick Cage has already won an Oscar. A lot of people make so many jokes about this guy. Guy's already won an Oscar. He won an Oscar a long time ago. Was that for Leaving Las Vegas? Yes, for Leaving Las Vegas. That movie's kind of a depressing movie. It is, but Elizabeth Shue's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I mean, it's just a, it's a disturbing movie that probably younger children probably shouldn't watch. Wow. Well, yeah. 
I don't know that adults should watch it, <laughs> but I can see why he won an Oscar. And he's done such a great job. Um, it's just tragic. But Top Gun Maverick, dude. I love that movie. I've seen it five times, so like, <laughs> I'm a little bit biased there, I guess. It's a great story. It's what America needs right now, and it's like tragic to me when people haven't seen it. I know, right? I've only seen it three times. You've seen it five. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to say to the people? I uh, know. We... Remember to continue to drink responsibly. Man, like, share, subscribe. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you want. If you got some great smarter challenges coming up, please share. Uh, we have fun. Life is great. And over to you, Noah. So uh, once again, uh, thank you everybody for who watches and listens to us. Uh, we had another great uh, month uh, for our uh, for our audio listeners that uh, listen to us on uh, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. And all the other uh, venues that you're able to find us on the Audible side of things, uh, we greatly do appreciate you listening to us and the new uh, and the new subscribers that we received on there. Thank you very much for doing that in the month of July. Uh, for those of you who watch us on YouTube and Rumble, uh, likewise, thank you very much for watching us. And for those of you who subscribe to us in the month of July, we also want to thank you for that as well. If you do want to become a patron member, if you look down in the description down below. Uh, just right underneath uh, where you watch the videos, you'll see uh, uh, Podbean Patreon right there. There's a link there. You can become a member for as low as $1. Anything you give to us does go back to our podcast. And if you live in a different metropolitan area, sometimes we'll do uh, events like running out a movie theater to where we'll invite uh, our listeners or those who come on our show um, to, the, to go see a movie or, or something else. And uh, we'll do a show on that as well. Um, thank you once again. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh, cheers to you. Life is great. Life is great. Scotchman. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.